everybody. Welcome to our Mental Health Services Connecting Badgers podcast. My name is Casey Tice, LPC. I use she and hers pronouns. I am an access specialist and care manager here through UHS and one of your hosts today. Hi, everyone. I'm Liz Westcott-Barton. I use she and her pronouns. I'm an access specialist and care manager here at Mental Health Services. Howdy. Uh, my name is Q. I use they and them pronouns. I'm the transgender conforming coordinator for UHS and happy to be one of the hosts today. It's important to note that this podcast does not replace mental health treatment and should not be considered as such. If you are interested in learning more about seeking mental health services at UHS, you can webbook a confidential access appointment through the My UHS portal. There is no problem too small to schedule an access appointment. Access specialists are here to discuss your concerns and assist you in getting connected to mental health resources. If you have any questions about meeting with an access specialist, you can call the Mental Health Services front desk at 608-265-5600, option number two, and we will answer any questions you might have. Or if you would prefer to get connected to a provider outside of UHS, we can assist with this also. And as a reminder, you can access 24-7 crisis resources. These include the UHS crisis line 608-265-5600, option 9. And in, of course, the event of an emergency, please dial 911. So today for our podcast, we were thinking about talking a little bit more about social media. There are pros to being on social media. We also, I think, hear a lot on the news about like the dangers of social media and the negatives, and it feels really intense. So we just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what some of the like possible impacts, um, both positive and negative of social media, and yeah, kind of go from there and have a discussion. Yeah, and I, I know, Liz, you had shared out some articles on social media that we were we were looking at and just kind of discussing together. And I mean, it seems like, of course, a lot of the things you hear is, you know, how much social media can, you know, negatively impact mental health and uh, sometimes even physical health, um, depending on how much you're using it, things like that. So um, I think it's just kind of interesting to to take a look at it because I, I imagine there's a little bit more of like a nuanced conversation to be had here. Yeah, and we will link all of the articles that we kind of discuss, you know, as we go. One of the articles from McLean Hospital talks about FOMO, the fear of missing out, and how this plays a role. So if everyone else is using social media sites and someone doesn't join in, there's concerns that they'll miss that connection or jokes or invitations, um, which I thought was really interesting. There was also an article through the EPA that talked a little bit about um, social media usage. And there was one kind of quote in there that stood out to me. And it was, um, this means that it's more likely that people who are depressed, lonely, and have poor quality of life are more likely to turn to social media to resolve those pre-existing lacks in their social world um, than it is the case that people who use social media are casually becoming more unsatisfied with their life, which I think was interesting because it's saying that there's not this like cause and effect that we think there is. It's more of like there might be like a pre-existing um, piece that this is um, like hitting that then can make it more like impactful or negative for folks who are using it and looking for those certain things, um, which again, I thought was just kind of interesting. What do y'all think about those things? I think I find it interesting the way that social media 
I experience it getting talked about, which is usually mostly in the context of um, kind of a statement around, I was working on my homework or I was doing some studying and I decided to give myself a break. And then I got onto X social media thing, you know, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc., and meant to spend 15 minutes on it and end up spending a couple of hours or, you know, whatever it is. And so I feel like what I usually am hearing social media um, talked about is in a context of like a waste of time or time consuming, time sink. Um, I feel like that's often in particular, like how TikTok is talked about as like, that's something where you can just sort of like scroll and scroll and scroll infinitely. Um, and so I think it's interesting that more recently, I think I haven't heard people talk about social media as much um, with the um, like self-comparisons and things like that as maybe I previously had that most recently I've heard about it mostly in terms of like how it's eating up time or taking up time, um, feeling like a waste of a break or something like that. Or like a wish I could be more productive, but I'm like jumping in and doing this thing too much. Um, and we can definitely talk about, I think more towards the end, like what are some ways to help support folks and like finding an amount of social media usage that feels good. And also like social media has its pros and its positives too. And like it is really good to take breaks, right? So if you're someone who's like, I just want to work for six hours and never take a social media break, like maybe an hour of TikTok and all of that to break it up is actually a good thing. But I don't know if that feels like a controversial opinion. Well, I feel like especially something that I've also noticed with TikTok for better or worse um, is that sometimes TikTok in amongst all of the videos that might take, um, you know, hours or, you know, the, the algorithm might have made it difficult to disengage from. There are also ways that TikTok has created um, connection points or connections to certain communities that in, um, you know, quote unquote, real life don't present themselves as easily. Like, I think that there are ways that, for example, um, students on campus, whether because of um, pandemic-related things, of not being able to go out and be around people as they might usually have done, or even just sort of like more broadly, not being able so far to find people who align with them in terms of the communities or the identities um, that are salient to them. Um, I think I've heard some experiences where like TikTok has then been really beneficial because there's a ability to see that other folks um, are sharing those experiences that otherwise might feel pretty isolating. Like I, I also work with a particular community or population of students that being um, transgender non-conforming students where like intersecting identities might contribute to feelings of like I'm the only one who has this experience so like if somebody holds you know trans identity and then also holds um like a student of color identity also holds a international student identity also holds a disability identity there can be challenges with finding somebody in madison specifically who can speak to all those different 
nuanced pieces. Whereas I think one of the benefits that I see in TikTok is like, then you're opening up to, in some ways, like the entire world. And once you open up to the entire world, it becomes kind of, in my view, like an inevitability that you will find somebody who overlaps, not exactly the same way, but, you know, in um, more familiar ways than maybe in your immediate classroom or your immediate department or something like that. So I feel like that's the benefit that I've experienced um, or been able to experience um, via what's shared with me, that like if there's a sense of isolation of like I'm the only person in my immediate field, um, in immediate sphere that has any of these experiences, TikTok offers an avenue to be like, oh, there are also other people who have the same hopes, dreams, experiences, um, challenges that I have. And that could be um, validating in some way. For sure. I think especially within the context of the last couple of years of the pandemic, it's been like extremely socially isolating. Even for folks who might have a community, they might not, you know, always feel like they have access to seeing people or feel comfortable doing that. And so having even I think not only like in the app being able to connect, like in the ways that you were describing Q, but I think you know, even being able to be like, oh my gosh, I saw this video, I thought of you, hilarious, and like having that, like to be able to send it to somebody else, and like connect over that, um, and laugh, and talk about like, oh, this like niche thing, like, look, there's like this machine that makes like mushrooms sing, like, isn't that an interesting thing that we never knew existed in the world, and like being able to use social media in that way, I think, feels like a really positive, um, like social piece. Mm-hmm. That's what I really appreciated about TikTok. I haven't been on it so much. It doesn't really um, connect for me as it has for, it sounds like, many other people. Maybe because, like, the algorithm can't really pinpoint me because I just, like, like so many different things. I'm like, that seems like somebody put time into that content creation. I'll like that. And then I just like everything. And the algorithm is like, I don't know. We'll just throw stuff at you. Um, but I feel like what I did appreciate most about being on TikTok was the ways that then I could um, in an actual like human way experience other people and what their challenges are like. Like I appreciated watching TikToks about um, folks with Tourette's for example and what that's like um, in an actual like human person way rather than um, how I might have read about it in you know a book or whatever or like seeing what it's like for um folks with certain disabilities where it's like oh i could hypothetically in the abstract imagine what that might be like but in tiktok i actually get to like see these people and experience the like truth of them and their experience and their relationships with um family members and um and so it's been really beneficial to be able to see actual people and their actual experiences rather than have this sort of like abstract concept of what those people might be like. So I think that's what I found most beneficial about being on TikTok when I was on it. And I think what's interesting too is one of the studies that was mentioned here is that actually you know, having a routine social media use, like finding that right balance for you. So, you know, routine, like, you know, using it, responding to content that others share um, is actually positively associated with things like social well-being, positive mental health, and more positive self-rated health. And so, 
on the opposite end though, like emotional connection to social media. So checking apps excessively or like out of that FOMO or fear of missing out, you know, keep picking up your phone, looking to it, being on it, um, being disappointed about or feeling disconnected from friends when not on social media is more negatively associated with those outcomes. And so part of that kind of goes against, you know, what we might expect, right? That, oh, all of it is negative, all of it is bad. And like for all these things that we've been mentioning, like, again, finding like a good routine balance for it, a way that's, you know, healthy for you is actually pretty positive with mental health and in terms of like building your connections with others. A lot of that sounds like having self-awareness to take a step and think about like what's like headspace am I entering this social media usage about like am I doing it to connect am I doing it for a break am I doing it or am I doing it because like I feel really anxious if I'm not doing it do I feel really stressed about missing something out or missing something um what am I trying to say missing out on something I think that's the expression um (laughs) you know if it's like this like um like I feel compelled to do it. Um, and, and then it's just kind of as a checking behavior that feels not great, right? So it almost feels like it's more about like knowing yourself to know if you're using it within a headspace that feels like something that's healthy. I don't know if that feels true, but I think like looking at kind of these articles and the different pieces of research, it feels like that's kind of what they're showing, which I think is also interesting because again, as we named, like it felt like all social media is just bad it's a time sink it's a waste right but it looks like there's a little bit more nuance to that conversation Mm -hmm. I feel like there's the complexity of like the social media is a facet or an extension of the internet and where we talk about communities being really beneficial it can also be where there can have a mentality that develops in a certain space of social media or a certain space of the internet that then is treated as absolutely true in a way that can not be as beneficial. Like I think that my experience um, on the other hand on social media has also been like being on Twitter and having, I don't even know if I would call them armchair psychologists, but having people be like, this is a thing that you do that is wrong. And Um, if you do this wrong thing, you should seek help. And I read that and I'm like, okay, I am part of what would be considered, you know, help in that scenario. And I'm reading that and not experiencing it as wrong in the way that that person who sent that tweet was experiencing it as absolutely wrong. This means something bad about you. And it's interesting to me the way in which somebody existing in that particular pocket of the internet would be like I'm doing this thing that's really wrong and it means something bad about me and so now I need to go to therapy and if they showed up in my therapy room and they're like hey this is the super wrong thing that I'm doing that is definitely not allowed for any person to do my approach you know of course depending on what that super wrong thing was but like my approach might be like well actually that thing that that pocket of the internet told you you're super definitely not allowed to do is more complicated than that or like it does have its own um, pieces around like just because that pocket of the internet has that particular opinion doesn't necessarily mean that that is reflective of your quality as a person or something like that so I think that it can be challenging also to exist in certain communities that have um, I think that 
like I don't 100% know what the phrase like touch grass is intending to mean and I think it's usually probably um, an insult but I think that what I take it to mean or what I um, wish it could mean maybe in a way is sort of like take an opportunity to look at like that's what your particular pocket of the internet believes to be true and also what are other experiences or opinions that might help to see if that could use some um, tweaking to it, some reevaluating to it. Like if your pocket of the internet says like, because I think sometimes the internet also is about being like an absolutely perfect person um, in a way that is very challenging. So if your pocket of the internet is like, if you're not an absolutely perfect person in this particular way that we're defining as perfect, then that means you're bad taking a step outside of that pocket of the internet and being like, oh, are there ways that I can be imperfect and still be considered a good person? Seems like it's an important balance to have in your relationship with social media. For sure. And I think about like what, like how much nuance can exist in like a 65 character. I don't know how many characters you're allowed on Twitter anymore. They keep changing it. But, you know, I think that that's a really important, like, self-reflection to have, too, um, and a really, like, important thing to name. And again, this is, like, a super nuanced conversation that we're even having in, like, 20 minutes um, that we could probably go on and on and on and on and on about because there are all of these, like, really interesting, like, nuances. Yeah, I don't remember who it was, but I saw a tweet one time, um, or I've seen it regularly as these kind of conversations have come up, that like Twitter is a particular place where you can like say one thing and then the response to it can be an entirely new concept or idea or sentence. Like you can make one statement about like, here's my opinion about this thing. And somebody can reply being like, then you mean this whole extra generalization or this like extra hop, skip, jump in the argument. And it's like, well, no. I no, <laughs> that's a whole different thing. And so I think that there are ways that that could make a person feel like, well, I have to be really closely monitoring the things I say, or, um, you know, there's a challenge, I think, in the overlap between um, sort of like internet, I would say like internet related, and this is not official, but like internet related social anxiety and like in-person related social anxiety where like internet social anxiety, you know, or how it might manifest in an online space is really challenging because you're like writing something down that then somebody else responds to and there could be a lot of people respond to. And if a lot of those people respond to it in a particular way, it could feel like, well, then that means that that response is the correct one. And mm -hmm. it just, it's a challenging space to feel like then if that thing that you said in your best intentions you get a slew of responses that tell you X, Y, and Z. You made X, Y, and Z statements that you didn't even think you were intending to make. Mm -hmm. I could see how then it reflects back into like, well, then when I'm talking to people, you know, in real life, quote unquote, I need to be really careful not to say anything that could be misinterpreted mm -hmm. in any particular way, which is just like kind of not possible because any person's going to bring their own interpretations to the mm -hmm. thing that you have to say, mm -hmm. kind of no matter what. Like we can never control for how somebody else is going to receive the information that we put out into the world. Yeah. And I think, you know, this has been a really great conversation of like, what are some of the like nuances to social media usage, right? Like what are the pros? What are the cons? What are some of the things that are neither here nor there? Um, we also, you know, just found an article really briefly from conehealth.com that lists just some 
healthy. I struggle with the word healthy because it feels like I'm making a judgment, but there's seven kind of tips or habits um, with social media that folks could, you know, kind of try if they're noticing concerns with their social media usage um, that maybe we could just list really quickly, focusing on, you know, your real life friends, which I think doesn't mean you can't have like really meaningful conversations with internet friends, but maybe spending time to focus more on those interactions than like ads or like, I don't know, other stuff. Um, Limit the time you spend scrolling each day. So if you find that, you know, you only want to take a 30 minute break and you're on social media then for three hours, like maybe setting some hard limits. There's apps that can help with that. Follow people and pray people and pages that bring you joy. Um, super important to do an edit, I think, of who are you following? And also like a reflection, like, am I following all of the same sorts of people? Should I like bring in some like other interesting opinions or voices? I think Q, as you named like TikTok, for example, was a really great place to like learn from folks who aren't maybe like you or like have different identities or like hold different like I don't know, ability statuses, I think we were talking about, like learning from folks who are different than us um, could be really great. Avoid using social media before bed. You know, if it's distressing or like blue light is getting in your eyeballs, making you stay up at night. Um, Live in the moment when you're not on social media and take some breaks if you feel like you need it. Take a day off, take a week off. Take a month off and then never go back. Happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) What do folks think about those tips? Yeah, I think that like identifying what when, you know, as we've talked about today, are your pros and cons and then identifying how do you get the best out of the pros and minimize the cons. So like if the pros for me are, Um, you know, I have long distance friends or I've met friends via social media who have really encouraged me to to pursue goals. So like I have friends that I met on Twitter who encouraged me to start writing a book. And so those are beneficial connections that I've had. If I notice that I'm just scrolling through Twitter over and over again, even if there's not anything new to even look at, that's my con that I need to um, or I, that I would like to mitigate in some way. So then if I notice I'm scrolling the same thing over and over again, like, okay, let's find something else to do that would be more satisfying. So that's not even like a satisfying experience. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, what are my pros that I've gotten out of this? And how do I really like give time, space, opportunity to those pros? And how do I identify what the cons are? And then um, do some of these things like, Am I going to limit how much I'm using? Am I going to limit which platforms I'm using? Um, Am I going to, as you know, describe like use it only at certain times of day? Um, I think it's a helpful way to sort of like figure out which of those tips and how to apply those tips you would like to um, incorporate into life. So like take what makes sense for you and leave the rest if it doesn't make sense for you or doesn't fit. And I love that. Uh, We'll also share out a social media mindfulness activity. I don't think we quite have time to go through it today, but it's a nice five to 10 little uh, minute mindfulness um, exercise you could try if you wanted to, again, be a little bit more mindful in your social media usage. And that sets me up for a terrible segue, but 
if you are on social media and using it mindfully and we are uh perhaps something you would like to follow uh, during that time, <laughs> feel free to tag us using hashtag connecting badgers on social media with any thoughts, feedback, requests for topics or questions you might have. Um, and definitely if you know of anyone who, you know, might benefit from this information or, you know, hearing an episode, feel free to share our podcast with a friend. And you can also check out MHS's Instagram too, which is UW underscore MHS. Thank you so much for listening. And as a reminder, if you're struggling, you can always access our crisis line for support wherever you are, whenever you need at 608-265-5600, option number nine. Thanks so much for listening and take care. Bye.